What up, what up, what up? This is your host, Sana. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Black Millennial Talk podcast, where Black voices are heard, Black voices are documented from the perspective of a millennial. So on every uh, episode, we talk about different experiences. Sometimes it's a one-woman show. Sometimes it's a two-woman show, one-woman, one-man show. I don't really know. We're going to wing this thing <laughs> and figure it out together. But it's just a place for us to come and talk about identity politics, talk about um, trending topics, our experiences, and and just documenting that and, and contributing to history. Because one day, I do believe that this podcast will be a part of our history. So stay tuned. Tune in. Get comfortable. Get cozy. Let's jump into it. You know, every now and then I might jump into a bit of a rant. Um, Let's talk about Starbucks real quick. Let's talk about Starbucks. So, you know, Starbucks, they've been posting on their social media and, and, you know, saying how they stand with uh, Black Lives Matter movement and Black Lives Matter and Starbucks is committed to change and, you know, the advancement of black people, blah, 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 right? Same old speech that every corporation is doing these days. And then they proceed to send out a memo to their employees, uh, you know, letting them know that they shouldn't be wearing any sort of uh, apparel accessories um, or anything like that that support Black Lives Matter, basically, right? And I just find that to be strange because when it comes to the LGBTQ community and that movement, your employees wear stuff like that all the time, where their their makeup is is you know, in honor of the LGBTQ community, whether it's a bracelet, whether it's a, a pin on, on their shirt, whether it's a, a necklace or, or uh, anything, like their shoes, whatever. Like, why is it when those things are happening in our country and they're having their marches and protests, you don't send out memos like that. But with Black Lives Matter, you make sure that you send out a memo like that. Like, yo, Starbucks, you're done. You're done. You know how many black people support Starbucks? purchase from Starbucks. Love Starbucks. <laughs> I purchase from Starbucks all the time. I thought about going today ever, until I read that article. I'm not going ever again. Ever again. You know, we, we support a lot of these corporations, especially when it comes to a coffee shop. We, we support it because, you know, it's all about the experience. It's all about customer service. But, you know, if, if, if your, your, you know, the people experience part of Starbucks doesn't support Black Lives Matter, doesn't support black lives, why am I supporting? I'm black. So anyways, every now and then on these episodes, I probably will go on a rant, but that, that see, that, that's the issue. So this, this example with Starbucks is the perfect, perfect example of how there is inequality that exists, okay? And in this episode, I'm gonna be talking about systemic racism and, and, and how, you know, there is just so many things that we, we put in our policies and, and you know, we, we act like it's the rule. It's the rule. It's, it, these are the rules. We're following the rules. And, and they single out black people and they discriminate against black people. And it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, whether, whether it's in a subtle way or, or, you know, it's indirect or very direct. And then that's when we get into the conversation about microaggressions. But, you know, that might be another episode for another day because the perspective of a, of a black millennial, um, I think, is very similar to, to our parents and our grandparents. But I, I think we are a lot more vocal <laughs> these days, a lot more vocal. But anyways, let's get into this episode. Y'all ready? Get your, get your coffee, your tea, sit back, relax. Let's talk about it.
All right, guys, and welcome to the first episode of Black Millennial Talk Podcast. Uh, The title of this episode is A Social Revolution, The Aftermath. You know, lately people have been asking me, how do I feel with all that's going on in America these days? And how do I feel as a black woman and, and how these things are so terrible and you know, we all saw what happened to George Floyd and, and how can we live in a country like this? How are our police forces capable of such cruelty? We must protest, we must speak out, we must support black people. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. But we've been saying that for years. You know, uh, I have been having conversations with uh, people who are not black, who uh, are asking to have the conversation about what's going on with black people in this country and their experiences. And, you know, I've been reminding people that racism is nothing new. And I'm not sure why we're discussing racism as if it's something new. And and, and, and did we not forget the little bit of history that we, all, we were all taught in grade school, which I think was a disservice. Uh, to American history to not really tell the true story of what happened to black people in this country and before black people were even brought to this country uh, to be enslaved. You know, do we forget about the civil rights movement and how black people weren't always free? I mean, we really aren't free now. See, some would say otherwise. Some would say that black people have equal opportunity. Some would say black people just need to work harder, just like my daddy did when he came to this country and and you guys can get the same opportunities and and, and, and afford the same things in life, uh, just like my parents did when they came here to to, to America. Right, but here's the battle and the painful truth. We're dealing with systemic racism in America. You know, we throw this word systemic racism around, but I know that the average person might not even know what that is. What is systemic racism? It's a legalized racial discrimination. So think back to slavery when slavery was legal. Think back to the Jim Crow law, separate but equal schools. Think back to when black people weren't allowed to vote, when black people were not allowed to have ownership of land. Think of the unemployment rates for African-Americans and how they're higher than the national average. And when you look at African-American communities, the majority of them, when you really look at them and you see the lack of resources and, and you really talk to young black kids and you hear about the lack of opportunities or how you know black people have to work twice as hard just to get that opportunity. And, and one mistake, you could lose it all. You know, talk to your black friends and your black family members about the opportunities that they've had in life. And then I want you to talk to your white friends and your white family members about the opportunities that they've had in life. You will find a difference. You will see that although we have fought against slavery and although we fought against segregation and although we've marched many, many times demanding equal, equal opportunity and basic human rights, that we are still not equal. We are still not equal. We can see that. And in so many cases, uh, when there is an injustice towards a black person, and there there is no justice in our criminal justice system, in our legal system, America does not honor or value black lives, and it's the systemic racism that makes that possible. So we keep asking how, why. It's systemic racism. It's, it's a system that's, that has been created uh, to um, keep black people at a disadvantage. You know, So I really want us to stop talking about racism as if it's something new. 
you know, you have white people reaching out to their black friends and expressing their outrage and their disappointment and what's going on. And, and now they want to have a conversation and they want to be more informed. And, and, you know, I, I want to talk about this. I want to learn more about this. And I'm like, yeah, but these things have been happening in front of your face, you know, for, for your whole life. Some of the people that have come to me have witnessed me experiencing discrimination and oppression and didn't say anything. Or maybe they did, and maybe we did talk about it. So we can't talk about racism and the oppression of black people in America as if it is something new. And quite frankly, having a conversation about it does what? We can, you, I mean, if, we, if, we, if we're friends or we have a rapport and you really just want to understand uh, you know, how I'm feeling. Yeah, we can talk about feelings, but let's talk about the solution, right? Let, let's talk about the solution because if we just talk about our feelings and we just fall into the hype of Black Lives Matter and everybody feels so liberated when they say that and they feel like they're being so strong and, and, and now they're just so aware of social issues and fighting against injustices and and when you say Black Lives Matter, you just you feel feel alive, you know. You feel like you're bringing change by by chanting that as you march down the street with other people that are marching for the cause. But what's next? What's next? After we do that, what what's what's next? You know, we we also are limiting ourselves to. Uh, having the conversation only about police brutality. But the, the movement is bigger than that. The movement is bigger than that. It's an issue, but it's not the only crime that America has committed towards black people. And I want for us to, as we educate ourselves, that we also come up with a solution to the problem. How can we create opportunities for black people to advance in a system that is not created for them to advance? How can we as black people create our own opportunities and how can we help one another? See, what's happening right now with the Black Lives Matter movement is that black people are just asking for basic human rights. So we're not asking you to give us the highest paying jobs. We're not really asking for you to make sure that a black person becomes, you know, the next president in the United States. Like, we're not even asking for that. We're asking for not to be killed just for being black, not to be harassed just for being black, not to, not to have to be killed by a police officer if we, if we ask questions, if we try to get away, if we tell you we can't breathe. We're just asking not to die. We're asking for the police officers to stop terrorizing black people, to not shoot a little boy while you're driving in a police car and you thought that it was a real gun. Remember what happened to Tamir Rice? Someone had a conversation with me saying that, and we brung that up and they said, oh, but it was a misunderstanding. They thought it was a real gun. I said, please explain to me how two police officers can be in a car, right? Driving up to the park, and see a little boy with a toy gun and before they shoot they don't think okay we can speak through the megaphone and tell the little boy to drop the gun i saw the video 
they pulled up in literally just a few seconds and and killed a nine-year-old child that had a toy gun when, since when was it a crime to have a toy gun in america maybe america should stop selling toy guns like like come on are you kidding me and the person i was talking to was like really you know trying to argue that the police just have you know there are just a lot of misunderstandings and you know they don't mean it and i'm just like you got to be kidding me like I, I know we're not having this conversation right now i know you're not like you can't possibly be saying that you know so so um we have to stop making up excuses for inhumane behavior the fight the what we're begging for is for basic human rights to not be killed for being black to not be harassed for being black. To just be human, that's all we're asking for. That's, that's, that's what we all, all, all are entitled to. We're entitled to it. You know, um, it's just so crazy. So yeah, so I've been having a lot of conversations like that with people just wanting to talk about it, wanting to learn more about racism, but you know, I really don't I really don't have time for that. Like I don't I don't want your sorry. How is it that, you know, even you as a white person will come to me as a black person and apologize for everything that's happening to black people in this country and I'm like, okay, so is your apology supposed to erase everything that happened? Is your apology supposed to make me feel better? It doesn't make me feel better. You know, I, I hear about a lot of corporations that are that are sending out emails to their employees and, and telling their employees that, you know, Black Lives Matter and we stand with our black colleagues and our black families that are probably suffering during this time. During this time. And I'm just like, what is that supposed to do? What is that supposed to do? So you single out your black employees and assume that everyone is going through some sort of hardship due to the political climate that we're in right now. And you assume that every black person feels the same way. That is the issue. We're still assuming that every black person feels the same. We're still looping in uh, uh, black people into one big group under one big umbrella, and we're all the same. We all feel the same. We all do the same things. But when white people do things, it's you, Sally, you, Kathy, you, Maria, you, whoever, like you represent yourself as an individual. And I'm just using random names, but you represent yourself as an individual. But when a black person does something, or 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 express expresses their feelings or if they're going through something if it's one black person then it's, it's all black people all black people feel this you have some black people that aren't marching you have some black people that aren't shouting black lives matter you have some black people that are saying all lives matter you have some black people that that don't think there is police brutality and they think that the police officers are are in the right for everything that they do so all black people don't feel the same. You have some black people that just could be very indifferent and, and, and are just focused on making money and providing for their families and that's it. And that's okay because we're all individuals. We're all individuals. So to keep looping in black people into like one big group and then, and then giving us all the same thoughts and the same feelings and the same experience is crazy. And the whole point of the Black Millennial Talk podcast is to document different experiences and different voices of black millennials in this country. I think that a lot of the things that we're experiencing in this country, we're experiencing it for the first time because 
that this era is different than it was for our parents than it was for our grandparents. So although history repeats itself, we're processing it in a different way. And I think that more black voices need to be heard. And I think that it needs to be documented so that we can go back to this. Just like, you know, for us, we can go back and look at documentaries of, of black people before and, and them speaking out about what was going on in, in, in our country at that time and, and having an, an understanding of, of what was happening and how people felt. And, you know, I was watching a documentary last night and uh, I can't remember the, the name of it right now, but... um. I think it was called the black mixtape and it was on amazon prime and uh it was just like a, a a recollection of um the black panther movement and uh just black history and all the different things that were going on in america during the time of martin luther king and during the time of president kennedy and and how people were you know coming together to fight for justice and there were some clips of you know some black people in Harlem, and and they were just saying that they felt like change would would never come, you know that there there was no hope, that that life was over, there there was no future for the advancement of black people for the rights of black people, and it's just so crazy that you know all those years ago that people were thinking that and and young black folks were saying that. And in today, in 2020, a lot of us young black folks feel the same way. But some of us don't. And that's the point. Some of us feel that way. Some of us don't. Some of us stand for the cause. Some of us don't. You know, some black people are just numb to what's happening. And that goes back to my initial statement of racism is nothing new. So it's at a point where we're numb to it. Like, we're used to it. Like, this is like the same sad song, the same sad story, just a different person. You know, right now we're dealing with what happened to George Floyd. We're talking about Ahmaud Arbery. We're talking about Breonna Taylor. And we're, we're begging for, for justice for those lost lives. That's where we are right now. That's where we are, begging for justice. So did things really change? I don't know. Is there hope? I don't know. I don't know. All right, how are you guys doing so far? Y'all y'all still with me? I hope y'all still with me. <laughs> Take a quick break, go grab some water, grab some coffee, more tea. See, I'm a coffee and tea drinker, but don't get Starbucks. Go get your own from your kitchen or get some Dunkin' Donuts until they come out with a memo that they don't support Black Lives Matter. But um, But yeah, so anyways, Let's continue on with this episode. We got about like maybe 10 more minutes to go, but, um, but let's continue to get into it and, and dive a little bit deeper into the aftermath. So now I'm wondering what happens next. All these corporations are, are having meetings, staff meetings and talking about Black Lives Matter and standing with black lives and corporations are sending out emails to you know to their employees and to their consumers about how they stand with black lives matter and how all black people uh, need equal opportunity right and people are marching people are protesting but but what do we do next what's the action plan like what are you going to do in you know or whatever, using whatever platform that you have to actually bring change. 
right? So let's think of the workforce. So if you're a person that works in human resources and you have uh, the power to um, try to make sure that you diversify uh, the candidate pool, is that what you're going to do? Are you going to make sure that you are reaching out to as many you know candidates as possible so that you can have a diverse candidate pool for whatever the position is? You know, what if you are a manager or a director or you are you know the head of a department and you take a look at your team and you say, okay, am I giving everybody equal opportunity to advance, to become a manager? Is everyone getting professional development, including your black employees? Or maybe you just realize you don't have any. That's the problem. You know, I work in the city in downtown, downtown Philadelphia, and there are times that I go, and, and I'm giving you guys the city because uh, if, you, if you picture it in your mind, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So you go into these office buildings, and there are mostly white people in them. And then you go into like when they're on a lunch break and you'll go into like all of the nearby restaurants and all of the people that work there are black. So it's like it's it's a weird it's like it's that systemic racism that I'm talking about. Right. That has an that had an impact on black communities. So it's not necessarily like black people are being forced to work in these places, but Black people are not given the same opportunities to the same type of education, the same type of education that leads to an opportunity to work in one of those office buildings, aside from being the janitor or being security. You know, so I think if we look at uh, the different type of jobs that are out there and making sure that black people are given the opportunity to to get different type of positions and to not be pigeonholed into the same type of roles. And and I'm not saying that that it doesn't happen, but it's a I mean, educated black people working for these corporations, we are still the minority. It's still exciting for a black person to to become the VP in a department. We should get to a point where it's nothing new. Like, oh, okay, we always do that. Shouldn't always be like a mark in history. Wow, this is the first. We're still in the time period where people are the first black person to do this and the first black person to do that. Like, how are we still having the first black person to do anything in 2020? It is 2020. So don't tell me you don't know about racism. Don't tell me you didn't know that black people were going through what they've been going through when you look around and you don't see any black people where you are. When you go to work and you don't see any black people in leadership positions. Don't tell me you didn't know. You thought black people, you think black people just aren't capable, just not qualified. Human beings make, are diverse. We come in all different colors and, and, and shapes and different religions and different backgrounds and we speak different languages and that's what America is made up of and America talks about being the melting pot. We're not a melting pot but we are a very diverse nation. So how is it that we only see certain faces in certain places? What is that? So don't tell me you didn't know that this was happening. Please stop acting like racism is new. Please stop acting like you just realized that black lives matter when black lives always mattered. They've always mattered. 
You know, it's very frustrating and disappointing. And, you know, I just want to hear the action plan. I just want to know what we going to do, what y'all going to do, what we going to do. We marched, we protested, we screamed, we begged for basic human rights. Now what? We have to keep it going. This, this, is, this is just the beginning. We have to, to keep moving towards uh, progressing in this society and, and the, the fight against systemic racism and how to challenge our system to change to give everybody equal opportunity. And I think that it's so crazy how in the midst of all of this, we stopped talking about COVID-19. We stopped talking about that, like what happened? You know, what I would like to point out is that, you know, as a black person, for me, as a young black millennial, walking outside my door has turned into, okay, I hope that I don't get COVID-19. So I'm paranoid about that. I don't want to get sick, right? And then it's like, well, yeah, and now I'm black going outside my house, and I really hope that I don't face any discrimination today. I really hope no one harasses me for being black. I really hope that doesn't happen, because right now, everyone's thinking about race. Everyone's emotional. Everyone's, like, up in arms about what's happening. And so you have people that are for the cause, and you have people that are against the cause. So you have people that are out there that want to terrorize black people even more than they ever did before. And then you have... You know, some people that are against it that, you know, are trying their best to make sure that we are alert and and conscious of our surroundings as much as possible. So it's crazy how things just shifted. And at at first, everyone was like all in it together, um, you know, afraid of COVID-19. And then now it's like a race war or something like that. It's, It's crazy. Like, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. And, and it's just crazy times that we live in. Um, just the cr- craziest times that we live in, for sure. And just trying to process that and make sure that we take care of ourselves mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, and physically during this time. Because it is very traumatic. We've all been traumatized by the images that we've seen over and over again on our uh, social media feeds and on television of, of what happened to George Floyd and that is traumatizing and even seeing all of the protests and the riots and you know just seeing our whole country uh, sort of just up in flames and people in pain is traumatizing it's traumatizing seeing the National Guard and that's not an everyday thing. That's like a, whoa, like the National Guard isn't here because we we're well behaved and they're just here to make us feel better. Like the National Guard is here because, you know, they don't want no problems. We don't want no problems, you know, and I'm not saying we as black people, I'm saying everybody because everybody is pro- uh, participating in the protests and, and the riots. Everybody is a part of that. This is that's not even a black thing. There are, there are countless videos of white people uh, protesting, white people actually starting the looting and and breaking windows to businesses and and starting fires and and everything, spray painting Black Lives Matter all over buildings and and on car police cars and things like that. And so you know and and we've seen that. So it, it's just. It's a lot to process, and we really just have to make sure that we 
take care of ourselves mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally because it's traumatizing. I'm traumatized and try to take care of myself the best way that I can. You know, like we, we have to, we gotta do better. We gotta do better. We have to keep going. I really hope that this wasn't just all for the past two weeks of Black Lives Matter and then we're just gonna go back to posting selfies and worried about being fly and worried about how many likes we get on a post. Like, I, I just wonder um, what's next. Are we gonna keep going or are we gonna fall off the bandwagon and, and just go back to life the way that it was and black people are still gonna be killed by police officers and there's still going to be no justice and uh, black people will still be terrorized by white people and there will be no justice. Um, black people still won't have equal opportunity or basic human rights, there will be no justice. Is that what we're going to, I can't even say if that's what we're going to go back to because that's the state that we live in. But will we ever escape it? Will it ever end? I don't know. All right, guys, that's the end of this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Sana, signing off. Make sure that you go to Instagram and follow me on Black Millennial Talk. DM me. Let me know your thoughts. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Um, new episodes every week. Uh, uh, make sure that you um, continue to give me feedback if you want to be featured in an upcoming episode and you are a black millennial or you are just the person that has a perspective that you would like to share and you want your voice to be heard and your voice to be documented, definitely DM me on Black Millennial Talk on Instagram. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's a journey. It's a movement, you guys. This is my first, my first podcast, first episode. I'm super excited. I hope you guys will continue to rock with me. All right, this is Sana signing off. Bye, guys.